0: In this week's In-Ear Insights, suppose that you are starting over or you're trapped on a desert island or any number of things where uh, you don't have all the resources that you're used to for building and growing a business. What three things would you say are absolutely essential to starting a business and or completely rebooting one? Katie, as our CEO, where do we start? What's it's, it's day zero of The next iteration of whatever. Where do we start? What are your three things?
1: Um, I would start with (sighs) user stories. I'm always I think I would always start there because my first question is, what the heck am I doing? Why am I doing it? Who am I doing it for? Um, you know, so I would say number one, start with a user story and a user story, and I've written about this before. A user story can be a stand-in business plan. Um you know, if you don't have a fully baked, you know, pay, you know, deck and plan and all that good stuff that people expect you to have, you can have a user story. So you can say as a, you know, small business, I want to serve, you know, marketers who struggle with their analytics so that they can have better insights and focus on customer relationships that's essentially what we do. And that could be our whole business plan. That's our business model. That's our mission statement. That sort of becomes the driving force behind everything we do. And so we have stated who we are. We're a small business. We didn't say we're an enterprise size business. And so that sort of dictates sort of the next steps of how do we set ourselves up as a small business, um, I want to serve marketers. So that's our audience. And so, do I have that audience already? Do I need to go find that audience uh, who are struggling with their analytics? So, that's a more specific type of audience. So, there's marketers, and then there's marketers who are measuring and struggling. Uh, so, that, and then here's the services that we provide so that they can focus on taking in taking action and uh customer relationship so that then says well that means we're going to handle the data so i would start there i'd start with my user story because it's going to tell me a lot about what i need to do next
0: okay so that's one thing what are your other two
1: (sighs) probably somebody who can do the work Um, doesn't have to be a big team but if it's not me, if I'm not the person who can analyze the data based on the user story, then I need to find at least one person who could do the work uh, credibly. So I would say I need a user story. I need someone who can do the work. And then I need, the third thing that I need is uh, an audience. I need customers. And so I need to know that that audience exists and that this is a need for them and where to reach them. I mean, that that's sort of like a big high level, because obviously you dig into each of those things. But those are the three things that I would say you need to start a business.
0: I I would agree with you. Um, when When you look at some of the pitching kits that big VCs like Sequoia all publish, they all talk about those basic ingredients, right? Do you have do you have a product anybody actually wants?
1: Are you solving a problem that
0: people actually have? Or are you trying to,
1: you know, fit something into their lives that is just one more thing to consider? And I think, again, that sort of goes into the user story of what's the problem you're trying to solve? And is it a problem that even needs to be solved? Like, you know, we could invent like this really cool, um, you know, we like to use cooking as the analogy, like this really cool, like, you know, self-mixing you know doodad thing that also heats as it goes it's like okay but is anybody actually having that problem does anybody want that problem to be solved or is it just another gadget that the people will use for a couple of days and then it will just find its way back into your cabinet that's you know really inaccessible <laughs> we all have that cabinet
0: we do yes it's, it's an entire closet um, <laughs> and, I, and you definitely see that a lot in people's pitches When they're pitching their business, um, you'll hear things like saying, "Oh, we're the we're the Uber of frying pans," and you're like, "Did anyone ask for that?"
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize I was having that
0: problem. (laughs) Um, I think it, in terms of the three things that I would be looking for to start, it actually aligns very similarly to what to yours. Mm-hmm. Right where uh, obviously we have the purpose, which is what the user story covers. But the three things I'd be looking for would be the people, and this is something that we uh, got from our accountant, uh, who said there's three roles you need in a, in any business to work: a finder, a minder, and a grinder. Right, so the finder is your sales, uh, sales and marketing. How do we how do we find people who are willing to pay us money? Your minder is someone whose job is to run the business. Um, taxes, law, accounting, incorporation, all that fun stuff. And it may or may not be a full-time role, but certainly it's all work that has to get done for your Mm -hmm. business to legally operate. And then the grinder is the person doing the work, uh, getting clients or customers happy, moving product, putting up signs, baking bread, whatever the business is, you need all three roles. Now, to your point, they may not be three discrete, distinct people, Right. But you definitely need uh, those three things. And if you don't have those three things, there's a good chance your business will not survive even the first year.
1: So it's interesting, you know, I, you and I are, as you mentioned, we're saying similar things. And so as I'm saying the user story, like that's, that's the uh, minder. The minder is coming up with the user story to say, here's what the heck we're doing. Uh, the grinder is the person with the skill set doing the work and the finder is the one who is working with your audience is the audience there? What do they need? What is the problem? So you're absolutely right. Those are the three basic things uh, that you need. I mean, you could start to get into the weeds of well, what systems are we going to use? And how are we going to serve them and all those different platforms, but I feel like a lot of companies skip to that first, they're like, Okay, let me go ahead and stand up Salesforce enterprise before I even know who's going to go into my Rolodex.
0: Exactly. And if you think about it, the people part of your know, people processing platform, the people part is really the timeless part of mm-hmm. business, right? Uh, a fig distribution company in ancient Egypt still needed a finder, a minder, and a grinder. Someone who could do inventory, someone who could uh-huh. schlep the figs from you know Italy all the way to Egypt uh, you know, on whatever ships uh, available, and someone to stand in the middle of the bazaar and yell, hey, our figs are better than their figs.
1: <laughs> right? I mean, if you look, any, any single company in the entire world needs those three legs of the stool. And to your point, Chris, it doesn't have to be three individuals. It could be one person doing three jobs, but those three roles need to exist for any company to be successful.
0: Exactly. And they are timeless. They are technology independent uh, mm-hmm. or no technology at all. There are plenty of businesses where someone's got a notepad, right? And they are just doing inventory the the old fashioned way. Uh, there are plenty of businesses where it- in the world, you know, someone's on their horse or their bull or their cow or their camel or whatever, moving stuff around from point A to point B. And that's how we got yogurt. Uh, it, was, uh, it was some, someone put milk in a in a in a camel skin while they're schlepping across the desert, and they end up with fermented uh, fermented milk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, history with Chris.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, food, food history on uh, and on the Trust Insights podcast. But no, those those three roles uh, are timeless and, and they're they're absolutely necessary. And you can, if you think about the architecture of a company all the different, you know, the CIO, the CTO, the CMO, uh, the chief human resources officer, all of those roles eventually roll up to one of those three categories. Mm -hmm. I can't really think of any role in a company that does not roll up either into sales and marketing, operations, or product. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking that through. And, you know, so, you know, let's say you expand upon that. And so we were just talking with uh, a tech startup who's trying to build some piece of artificial intelligence and you know we were highlighting that that company needs to find a technical project manager in addition to the development team in addition to the data science team in addition to the regulatory team in addition to but all of those people fall under the grinder category you know and so you're absolutely right and then you have You know, we were being brought in to consult to make sure that things weren't going sideways. That makes us the minders to make sure that, you know, they're following the right laws and regulations and ethics and all that good stuff. You know, so every single role in a company rolls up into something, even, you know, the interns, the janitors, the people who you might consider non-essential, your vendors who provide services, you know, W.E. Mason, who delivers pencils to you, that falls into one of those roles.
0: Exactly. This is... um. This is Netflix's org chart. This is on a, on a company called the Org. They they publish you know big publicly traded companies org charts. Even just very quickly looking at something like this, you can break down those those three categories. You have the CFO that is definitely on the minder side of the business. Like we got to run the business, right? Mm-hmm. Your chief talent officer. That's operations. That's you know the, that is the the minder to find the, the grinders grinder. and the, and the fines right? Um, Chief legal officer, creative production, VP of games, that's all product and things. And so those three things that we need to run a business, um, the, the three essentials all sort of bucket into that. Now, in terms of the rest of the five piece, I think you know, p- people, processes, and platform really are also kind of the same thing in terms of the, the three things you need. You need people, you need processes, you need a, a platform, a way of doing your business, too.
1: Well, and so that goes back to the user story. Because if you start to dissect a user story, then you cover all of the five P's within a single user story. So as a persona, that's your people, I want to, that's your process and your platform. So that that's your purpose and your performance. And so if you construct really good solid user stories that are detailed, that are focused, then you're covering all five P's. Um, That's the way that it's supposed to work. So each of these pieces, you need need to make sure you're not just using it as like a throwaway placeholder. You're actually thinking about the information that goes into this statement. It's not just a, all right, let me just do a user story just to sort of gut check. It can be incredibly informative to understanding each of these five P's.
0: And the other flip side of that is if you do a user story from the perspective of the customer, Mm -hmm. then you've pretty much got your sales and marketing at least down in terms of messaging. Like, hey, this is what people want. If you do a user story um, and say, as a personal chef, I want to never have to wash a frying pan again so that I can spend more time cooking. I mean, granted, yes, you could have Uber for frying pans (laughs) (laughs) as as, as a business. I don't know if anyone wants that, Um, but. Certainly, doing a user story from the perspective of your customer will make the sales and marketing part, the the finder part, easier.
1: Well, and if you you know continue on with that example, you know it's a bit of a silly example, but it's a really good one, you know, to demonstrate with the user stories. You can start to um, experiment with scenarios, and so the scenarios being, well, what if they don't want this, and what if they want this? So you know, as a personal chef i don't want to wash a frying pan ever again i also don't want to destroy the environment by having multiple frying pans delivered to me on a regular basis because you know there's going to fill up a landfill so that i can be a considered a green chef i'm putting that in quotations if you're listening um just as like the goofy example that we're going going down and so then you can start to think about does my business model even hold water you know am i creating a bigger problem so as an environmentalist i want to shut down this uber for frying pans (laughs) so that they don't destroy the environment is that a scenario that i as a new business owner need to worry about who's going to be critical of the things that i'm trying to do and you can use those user stories uh from all different angles so as internal teams as external customers as critics as competition you know as a competitor to uber for frying pans i want to you know replicate the uber for frying pans model at a cheaper rate so that i can you know overtake the market and make more money okay if that's a realistic scenario then what do you as the business owner need to think about in terms of protecting your company and you know, growing and scaling.
0: Yep, exactly. Now, if we dig into process a little bit in terms of starting up a new company, um, I recently watched uh, someone start an LLC and they did the incorporation, they did the paperwork, they, all, they got the full certificate and stuff, mm-hmm. but they did not do the one thing that I thought they probably should do most, which is building an operating agreement for mm-hmm. the different, people who were involved in this. And I remember when we started Trust Insights, we spent a lot of time on the operating agreement on on how the company would fundamentally function, and what happens if bad things happen here and there a lot of a lot of what if uh, Mm -hmm. scenario planning. And so If we're talking about three things, even just in one of these categories, the on the process side, the three things I think you absolutely need, you absolutely need some kind of operating agreement, and that that's going to depend on your company. So if you're like, in the USA, if you're a C corporation, it's actually going to be your company's bylaws, uh, among other things. If you're uh, an S corp, or LLC or LLP, I think you use operating agreements, it might just be LLCs and LLPs that do that. Um, But either way, you need some kind of process documentation that explains how the company works.
1: And so it's really, you know, whether you want to formalize it into an operations agreement or, uh, you know, bylaws, starting with expectation setting. And so, you know, and Chris, that's where we started. We didn't, on day one, we didn't have all of those documentations in place. We had the bare minimum and we learned as we went, but we realized that we did have to have those expectation setting agreements, um, you know, because it's, And I think that this is where people get hung up on these agreements. It's not that you don't trust your team or you don't trust the person that you're starting a business with. But I mean, let's be honest, shit happens and you don't know what's going to happen. Like I could walk outside and get hit by the FedEx truck that speeds up and down my dead end street every single day because I don't see them coming. Um, You know, that that could happen. I'm going to hope to heck it's not going to happen, but if it did, then... 50 percent of the company is now unaccounted for and chris would need to figure out what does that mean operationally what does that mean financially what does that mean legally um and those are not small decisions because my family is involved as an extension of me and so what does that mean for my you know whoever's inheriting all my stuff which is as of today it's my dog so good luck Chris. she's very stubborn um, but those are the basics that you know you don't have to have the formal agreements in place on day 1 but you need you do need to have some sort of an outline of expectations
0: and and a, a you know a shit happens plan so what happens mm-hmm. if this happens if you know i get arrested for for building an army of killer drones which is not an entirely inconceivable uh. agreed <laughs> agreed
1: but that's the that's the kind of thing where you know it might feel silly to play out those extreme scenarios but the longer you've been in a professional role the more you see the more you realize these things aren't so unrealistic
0: yeah i mean the definition of expertise that i like to use a lot is is someone who knows what will go wrong <laughs> Right? So, someone who has been in business for a while, someone who has seen a lot of different things go sideways, after a while, you're like, okay, so this is probably going to happen at some point, right? If you have, if you have a corporation of more than five people, at some point, you're gonna have some drama uh, that's mm-hmm. gonna do, have people, you know, parting ways, possibly on on unfriendly terms. And so there's a series of processes that go with that. Like, okay, well, how do you handle employee termination? How do you handle hiring? How do you handle uh, disputes about pay? All these things are things that as you're, as you're building your startup, you should have at least something written down, even if it's not, you know, 500 page binder, at least some way of saying, okay, well, we thought about this and here's probably how we'll deal with it.
1: Right. Well, and that goes back to those three roles of the minder, the finder, and the grinder. If you aren't equipped or don't have time to build out those processes, then you need to find someone who can, and someone who can mind those processes to find your grinders uh, and your finders.
0: Exactly. Um, and then on platform side, what are the three platforms that you would have?
1: I was actually just writing about this. Um, there's three different kinds of platforms. Let me actually pull up because I have this written down. Uh, where is it? Um, and so you should have three kinds of platforms, one to collect your data, one to analyze your data, and one to report your data. And that may sound like we're only talking about you know web analytics, but really that could be anything. So that could be your financial information. That could be your customer information. That could be your product information. Um, You know, so I think, you know, there's this, I think it's the MarTech 11,038 or something. I might be like off by a couple, but there's basically, the point being is there's 11,000 tools just in the Martech stack, that doesn't include all the financial tools. If you're in higher ed, if you're in, you know, private sectors, regulatory, there's no shortage of tools. And so having that user story at the beginning is really going to help you narrow down and focus in on what are the essentials that I need. And so even if you can't sort of get all of that from your user story, you probably need some way to keep track of your customers. You probably need some way to keep track of your financials. And you probably need some way to keep track of communication. And so that could be, you know, a very simple like QuickBooks or something or a spreadsheet that could be a very small CRM. And that could be an email system. And that could be all you need to start. I'm pretty sure... When we started, that was all we had.
0: Yeah, the, um, that was exactly where I was going with that. The, the finder, the minder, and the grinder each have sort of a core system or set of systems that they need. So, so a system like HubSpot for your your finder, yeah, you this HubSpot sales, and maybe you combine it with you know the modic uh, marketing operation system so that mm-hmm. you have the basics of it. We can put up a website with this. We mm-hmm. can collect emails. We can send a newsletter. We can manage leads or customers or what have you. On the 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 operation side, yeah, good system. QuickBooks is a is a good ex- system. There's zero uh, and a few other systems that are out there that can do that. Yeah. And then on the doing the work side, some kind of project management system. And yeah, an inbox in the beginning is an appropriate project management system. It's definitely not for the long term.
1: No, but, but it is good enough to start with. Um, you know, and that's sort of the other side of it is there's, what are the things I need to start with? But then am I thinking long-term when, you know, what is the point where I'm going to say we have outgrown the following things? And so there's the short-term and the long-term planning that comes with all of this.
0: Yep. And then on the performance side, what are the three things that that you are I think are essential measurements for a, a, a new business?
1: I mean, that's tough because it's really going to depend by business. You could make an assumption that revenue uh, is probably a key performance indicator, Um, customer satisfaction, and um, I would say probably the thing that I would look at is time, Um, Mm. you know, in terms of am I spending more time and making less money? Am I spending less time and making more money? Um, so it's. I would have to think specifically about what that metric is, but I would look at revenue, customer satisfaction, and time.
0: Nice. I would be looking at cash flow, um, just uh, from the philosophy of, of finance that I grew up with. <laughs> If you have negative cash flow, sooner or later you're going out of business. Uh, it might be a hundred years, but if you're if you're burning more cash than you're bringing in, you are in trouble. If you are earning more cash than you're spending, yeah, it might take a while for your business to get up and running, but you're not going out of business because you've got more money coming in than you've got going out. So cash flow to me is is sort of the the minder's big number. Um, mm-hmm. The finder's big number is. That, that sales pipeline, you know, how are we doing in terms of getting stuff uh, in the door that we can that we can sell? And if that number is low or is zero, then it will sooner or later it will show up in the minders number on cash flow. Mm-hmm. And then on the grinder side, yeah, I think customer satisfaction is, is one or even just simple things like um are you meeting your deadlines, right? Are you delivering what you promised you you would deliver? And if the answer is no, then that will eventually show up in things like customer satisfaction, etc. So and cash, exactly, because people like I'm really pissed off. So I'm not going to give you any more money. Um, Those three things. uh, And, and the, the deliverables can fall into both the grinder side of thing and the minder side of thing. If the thing. If you got a good minder, they can say, Hey, it looks like we're falling behind. You know, we only shipped 40 loaves of bread today, we're supposed to ship 50. So what's going on? Um, that those those three numbers can do do interplay, they're interconnected, that they, you can't take one in isolation.
1: Well, and I think that that's a really good point as well in terms of how you're setting up your business is, so let's say you have these three distinct roles with three distinct processes each, with three distinct platforms each, with three distinct you know sets of KPIs each. Um, if you are setting up your business big, okay, Minder, you go over there, you do your thing and we'll check in later. Finder, you go over there and do your thing and we'll check in later. Grinder, you go ahead and just like do the thing and we'll check in later then you've already not set yourself up for success. And so Chris, you were just talking about integration and making sure that these all of these pieces for all of these people are working in concert together versus independently. And so, you know, my KPIs as you know the minder should in you know at some point intersect with your KPIs as the grinder. Should intersect with John's KPIs as the finder. Like they should all be dependent on each other.
0: Exactly. Definition of leadership. All three of these are your problem.
1: No, hundred <laughs> percent. Doesn't matter if it's not your job. It's your job.
0: Exactly. But even even in simple organizations, even startups, even in non businesses, right, volunteer efforts and things, you still need these things, right? Um, I'm thinking of, for example, the volunteer stuff they done with the Warrior Nun campaign, you still need people, processes, platforms, you still need key objectives, you still need policies and how things are going to work, you still need technology. So I would say, there are very few situations where you know, sort of these three things and these three core roles would not apply.
1: Okay, here's a challenge for you How do you apply it to managing your household?
0: It's it's in some ways. It's it's very similar, right? So you uh, in the case of the finder role, that's more, you have to have income coming into your household, right to to pay for it, you have to have someone to, to run the household, right to to manage the household's finances. And then you have stuff to be done around the house, you, you have your to do list of Oh, that's leaking again. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: The reason I ask is because it strikes me that those three roles are, to your point, not just universal to any business, but really kind of universal to any situation. Um, You know, even if it's, you know, something that you yourself are doing, you know, I'm going to go clean up the yard. You know, you, you yourself, you're a grinder, you're actually doing the thing. You're a finder, you're actually figuring out like, what tools do I need Uh, what's going to be my measure of success? Did I clean up the yard or not? And then the minder to be like, okay, what time do I have to start? What time do I have to be done? You know, am I bending at the knees or am I just going to throw my back out? Like it's again, sort of silly examples, but you can apply these rules, these roles to any
0: situation. Right, exactly. It's it's you know, money, operations and work. Um, how do you how do you balance all three things? You want to go out for dinner and you don't have the money for it? Okay, well, how do you find that money? How do you manage the money that you do have so that you don't overspend? And how do you balance all of that with you know your other priorities in life? Uh, as much as certain groups of people will make fun of, you know, certain generations for getting avocado toast and you know and, and artisanal coffee. Well, if those trade-offs, you know, if somebody doesn't have the same goals as you, then they will have different priorities on what they find, mind, and grind. And so those are, those are the things that, you know, the big conceptual pieces that everybody needs. And to your point, it works for a household. It works for a relationship. It works for everything. If, you've, if you can document and, you know, sort of codify those things, it makes running your life easier.
1: Hmm. I would agree with that. And I think, you know, there's also I mean, I could go on and on about process all day long. Um,
0: well, I have but. just the place for you to do that, Katie. You can go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you and over 3000 other marketers can talk about process all day long. <laughs>
1: oh, and I will. I will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and if you would like to hear more about process, uh, you could go to trustedsense.ai slash ti podcast for all the back episodes of the show, uh, and how to tune in on the platform of your choice. And while you're there, if you have the opportunity, please leave us a rating or review. It does help share the show. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>